0: This is in ear insights, the Trust Insights podcast. Do you want to use AI in your marketing, but you're not sure where to start Take a class with Trust Insights and the Marketing AI Institute. The AI Academy offers more than 25 classes and certification courses to start you on your AI journey, including our Intelligent Attribution Modeling for Marketers certification. One membership gets you access to all 25 classes. Visit trustinsights.ai/aiacademy to learn more and enroll today. That's trustinsights.ai/aiacademy to enroll today. Are you struggling to reach the right audiences? Trust Insights offers sponsorships in our newsletters, podcasts, and media properties to help your brand be seen and heard by the right people. Our media properties reach almost 100,000 people every week, from the In Ear Insights podcast to the Almost Timely and In the Headlights newsletters. Reach out to us today at trustinsights.ai slash contact to learn more. Again, that's trustinsights.ai slash contact in this week's in ear insights, we're talking about looking ahead to 2021. And some of the responses we've gotten from our uh, fourth quarter survey, which if, by the way, if you haven't taken the survey for this, uh, please I encourage you to do so you can pop on over to t- trustinsightsai insights.ai slash newsletter, uh, you'll find it in the most recent issue that we put on uh, the website. So if you haven't already taken it, please go ahead and do that. Um, Katie, you've been reading through resu- the results, you've been seeing some patterns in what people are worried about as we enter the new year. What do you see? And what do you make of it?
1: What I'm seeing is that we're all in the same boat together, everybody is struggling with the same kinds of things moving into next year. Because a lot of marketers have had the same kind of year uh, in 2020 of you know, their customers have tightened their budgets, they don't want to spend money you know, they have had to cut headcount. They've had to reduce their own marketing budgets. And so a lot of the themes that I'm seeing are, you know, how do I scale? How do I amp up my lead gen? How do I reach my right target market? And how do I establish value? And those are four really big challenges for anyone. And to be quite honest, those are some challenges that we're facing moving into next year as well. We're a very small company. And you know, we're often asked, "Well, how do you scale? How are you going to do this?" And you know, the thing that's obviously top of mind for me as well is how do we get more lead gen? And what we do know um, is that people are exhausted. Everybody is exhausted by getting ads and emails and social posts. And so all of those tried and true methods are going to fail us moving into next year because the only thing we've had to rely on is digital because we can't do things in person. And so I don't have a good answer to that. And that's something that, you know, Chris, you and I and John are gonna be figuring out over the next few weeks and months is how do we tackle that? So what have you been seeing from the uh, survey results?
0: Very much the same. We saw early on a lot of uh, people asking about, you know, what do we do with virtual events? Because people are, are completely toast on those. And we've seen just in our own monitoring of, you know, major event hashtags and things that uh, they're pulling 20%, 10, 20% of the response they used to. Um, we we're looking at, for example, Dreamforce. Uh, it was, you know, a tenth of the volume it used to be when it was an in person event. And so the things that I see broadly re- represent more the economic climate than the, the macro social climate. I mean, yes, the pandemic has obviously caused virtual events, uh, uh, real world events to stop. But more than anything, it's the economic impacts. Every time we go through a major uh, stumbling block in the economy, we see f- the focus go da- back down to the bottom of the funnel, like, give me some leads, give me some leads, right? brand goes out the window, <laughs> it's, it's all leads. And scale is a polite code word for do more with less, you know, Mm -hmm. when, um, when we were working at our our former shop, you know, when it when some hit some rough patches, um, the big focus was suddenly all about, okay, what can we do to do more with less? How can you how can you service the same number of clients with, you know, a third of the people kind of thing? Um, How do you how are you thinking about tackling particularly the one on scale? How do you think you're tackling that? Because lead gen is, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's straightforward. how do we scale?
1: So interestingly, um, and Chris, because you were wrapped up in lots of client work last week, that's something that john and I talked quite a bit about uh, offline, we were sort of thinking about that moving into next year. And the solution that we kept coming back to, and it's not a new technique, it's not magic. So you know, you don't have to get your pens out to start writing this down, is we need to document and automate some of our processes. And so there are, I'm gonna put in big, heavy quotations, easier techniques uh, that we do at Trust Insights that Chris, currently you are the only one who has knowledge of how they are done because you developed these processes. And you know, let's say you decided to take a week off and somebody needed something, John and I would be a little bit up a creek without a paddle if we don't have these things documented in some way, shape or form for us to replicate the same work that you do. And so while is it the best use of my time and john's time to be also doing the exact same things that you do? Not necessarily. However, one of the ways that we will scale is by all of us learning all of the basics of things around like SEO and Google Analytics, that we can then pass on to contractors and other analysts that we bring on. That's how we will be able to scale is by taking some of those lower hanging fruit things off of your plate so that you can then focus on uh, more of those advanced tools and techniques. Now that's unique to us at Trust Insights. But one of the things that everybody should be doing is documenting your processes, seeing where those Uh, repetitive tasks are, and looking at where you can introduce some automation, the biggest time suck that I still see for all of our clients is reporting. And that's just a no brainer. You can automate majority, if not all of the data extraction, and then putting it into some sort of a spreadsheet or a dashboard, and just spend your time on the analysis and actions. That to me is the is the easiest way to scale is just automate that stuff.
0: Hey, automate the other part that I think is vitally important in what you're saying is figuring out what stuff to stop doing. You know, there if there's a report that takes you 10 hours to put together and it's a complete waste of time and nobody ever looks at it, it's probably time to stop doing that report. I mean, there's there's no value in it. Um, When I look, you know, even just myself, when I look at some of the things that I do every week. Is it not even the best use of my time, but is there value in it? And for some, it's like, eh, maybe not, you know. Um, or could I take the next step and automate it even more to the point where, like, okay, okay, it's now a push of a button, and I can come back in, you know, in, in two and a half minutes after I get a cup of coffee, and it's done. In that case, that's that's a great use of time because mm-hmm. anything we can use to claw back time is is essential. Um, you know, when I look at this, like the SEO reports we're putting together for clients. Um, they are, they've gotten shorter, like they've gotten slimmer over the years. Uh, it used to be our SEO reports something like 25 pages. Now it's down, you know, nine or 10. Because we're like, you know what, you didn't read it, you didn't get any value out of it. And it turns out that done for you, as opposed to do it yourself or do it with help has really become the mantra of a lot of people. Because again, to your point, Part of scaling means saying, "Let's get to the good part. Let's not spend an hour looking at the charts. Just tell me what to do." But that's that's another trend we've had a lot with clients here. Is just tell me what to do. I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. Just tell me what to do.
1: Well, and to that, you know, it's interesting. Uh, The other time suck that I see is meetings. And so, if you are still having, you know eight one hour meetings a day on every single individual topic, you're probably not getting anything of value done. And so when, when I see people coming back saying, I need to scale, I need to scale, I need to scale, look at your calendar. How many meetings do you have? More meetings does not equal more productive and more busy. The more meetings you have does not make you more important. And that's To be quite honest, that's something that I had to learn through my career. I remember being a project manager and I would have days where I would have no meetings. And I had this irrational fear that that meant, number one, I wasn't important, and number two, I wasn't able to get anything done. And that was partially the culture of the company that I was working at, whereas the more meetings you're wrapped up in, the more important you must be. And that's just not true at all. If anyone's telling you that, then they're lying to you. And they have been misinformed. And so really challenge when someone puts a meeting on your calendar. What is the purpose of this meeting? What are we going to get out of this meeting? And the old adage? Could? Is this a meeting that could have been an email?
0: Yep. The other thing that I saw in the survey that is still concerning is there are a lot of holdovers and leftovers people working with old stuff. And again, and we we're talking about how do you scale? Well, part of Uh, scaling is knowing what's working and leaving old stuff behind. I saw uh, one response to someone talking about getting links with a certain domain authority. Well, domain authority is correlated, you know, in the world of SEO, it's not causal. And so much more goes into SEO now than than used to be that I know where this person's head is, you know, I know they're stuck in roughly 2015, as you know, as a time period. Mm -hmm. And so Part of scaling and doing more with less is A, leaving old stuff behind and, and upgrading to newer stuff that gets you to decisions faster and not focus on stuff that doesn't matter. I see so much out there that is, you know, really, really old thinking. And some things, yes, some things are timeless. Uh, you know, figuring out how to provide value to your customers is timeless, talking to your customers is timeless. But a lot of these older analytics and metrics, they're they're they don't stand the test of time. They're like, you know, looking at a new kids on the block album.
1: I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that new kids on the block is timeless, but that's a debate <laughs> for another day. Um, but no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And so, you know, there's it is interesting when you see where people's heads are at moving into next year. And again, a lot of that is because of the company culture or where the company is, you know, on that roadmap digitally. You know, even just saying the word automation to a lot of companies like gets everybody's hackles up because they're like, "Oh crap, I'm going to lose my job." And obviously, Chris, you and I have covered this topic a lot, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose your job if you introduce automation. It actually means you're when. And I'm pointing to my screen, but you're looking at a lot of the challenges of I need more time, I need to be able to scale, I need to do staffing and all these things. You will have time to do those things when you introduce that automation. So it is definitely uh, interesting. Um, How do do you
0: identify the candidates for automation for yourself like I know for myself I go by the programmer's rule if I copy and paste it more than three times I, I need to automate it right there's, there's I need to put some kind of function in there but how do you when you look at your own processes and your own documentation say you know what I, I this is a clear candidate for automating this because this is just dumb
1: it's very similar I mean that's really sort of the best way to gauge whether or not something is a good candidate for automation and so for me, a lot of my work, it can't necessarily be automated in the traditional sense, but it can be streamlined. And it can be broken down into very quick, repetitive tasks that I can have somebody else learn. So you know, setting up a new client, uh, for example, involves like three or four different systems. So I can't necessarily push a button and automate that. But I can streamline the process. And one of the things that I've had to challenge myself with, uh, over this past year, and I had a lot of help from our uh, virtual assistant was making things more repetitive and not reinventing the wheel every single time. And so having someone who's completely objective from the outside, and you may not have this luxury, but having someone else look at what you're doing and say, do you have to do it that way? Do you have to, you know, do it a unique way every single time? Or can you, you know, make 90% of it the exact same process every single time, and redo- and reserve that 10% for, you know, the welcome email to your client, like you have a template, but then you can modify it a little bit. And so it's making sure that you are, I guess, in some ways not automating, but templating the work that you do so that you're just pulling it out and then making you know very small tweaks, like you're changing the first name, you're changing the welcome message, you're changing you know the uh, action items or those things, but otherwise, the the you know welcome email for the sake of example is the exact same thing every single time. You have all the pieces. You don't have to go hunting for them. They're all living in one place, and so you know you say, here's the contract, here's the action items, here's the next step, here's the link to set up meetings those four elements are always in the in the email and then you just modify them based on the specific situation. and so in my world that's how i look at automation and it's not automation in the sense that you're talking about but it's automation in the sense of the process is repeatable and re- you reduce the amount of time it takes to complete the task.
0: That makes sense. The other thing i think that we forget about with scaling is getting, I guess, squeezing all the juice out of what we've got, you know, one of the things that uh, we hear Scott Brinker and friends talk about a lot is, you know, the explosion of martech apps. And there's so many of these single purpose apps and stuff like that out there. And everyone's you know asking for 49 bucks a month. Even, you know, us, we're talking about, you know, like, we want this to do this, look at this feature and things. And then we forget, for example, that the marketing automation software we we have actually does a fair number of the things that are kind of on our wish list. It's just we have not had the time to dig into it. Go, oh well, I can I can use you know the modix package to do this. Like, oh, that would be kind of good to <laughs> make use of that functionality. And I think that a lot of the time we have uh, a lot of capabilities in the software and the systems we already buy, but we don't read the manual and we don't make the time to learn these features and go, Oh, well, we need better workflows. Oh, well, it turns out our software does support that it may not be the nicest, it may not have the flash interface, it may not be, you know, what is being seen on the the vendor booths at the at the conference, but it'll get the job done.
1: Well, and I think you bring up a really good point of, you know, taking the time to investigate what you already have and what you're working with versus just slapping more things on top of an existing problem. That doesn't fix anything at all. If anything, that just makes it quite a bit more complicated. And so, you know, we were talking about user experience, for example, last week on our live stream, uh, which you can catch on our YouTube channel if you're looking for back episodes. And one of the things that strikes me about what you just said, Chris, and about user experience is, well, some of these things aren't the flashiest, but they get the job done. Consumers, again, they're so exhausted by everything that they're getting thrown at them, that my assumption, my unscientifically proven point is that people would rather just have something that works rather than something that looks nice. I know I certainly would. And I'm at the point now where I don't care how it looks, just give me the information and make sure it works. And I would rather have that over flash any day. And so, bring that to your marketing, bring that to these issues that you have moving into next year of, do we have things that are good enough? And so, you know, Google Data Studio, for example, can automate a lot of your reporting, there are flashier tools out there that make like, you know, prettier charts and, you know, 3d looking pie graphs and whatnot. Do you need that? Or do you just need the data? And those are the types of decisions that you have to make in order to uh, continue to scale what you're doing in a really thoughtful way and if your first thought is well it doesn't look nice okay you need to reevaluate is that really the most important thing
0: i remember we were Talk to this one client in the automotive sector, and you know, a, a vendor had put together this dashboard of uh, it looks like you know the literally the dashboard of a car, and it was you know so fancy. And we looked at it and said, This still doesn't tell you anything, like you still can't make any decisions from this. Like, here's the ugly dashboard that has two numbers on it with a green arrow and a red arrow. Like that tells you what to do <laughs> pretty easily. So to wrap up, it's talk lead gen, which is always perennial, uh, is the concern and then scaling and we get scale by stopping doing things that don't work by automating things that provide minimal value, and devoting the time to squeeze more value and more benefit out of the stuff that we already have. If you got questions about what we've been talking about in this episode, you want to discuss or you want to share your tips for how you're going to scale in 2021, hop on over to trustinsights.ai/slash analytics for marketers. It's our free Slack community with over 1,400 members, all of whom want to scale just as much as you do. Come on over, share your tips for what you're thinking about, uh, what things you're going to try. would love to hear from you if you're watching the show, wherever it is that you are, please pop on over to trustinsights.ai slash ti podcast. And you can figure you can subscribe to the show, catch all the back episodes. And while you're there, grab our email marketing newsletter at trustinsights.ai slash newsletter. Every week, we feature fresh new data. Stay tuned beginning later this week this is the week of December 7th we are beginning our 12 days of data series on our blog over TrustInsights.ai. so make sure that you are uh, popping by we're looking at things like Facebook and Instagram and reddit press releases news stories all sorts of stuff that happened in 2020 uh, and what it means for your market so stay tuned for that thanks for watching the show we'll talk to you soon take care Want help solving your company's data analytics and digital marketing problems? Visit trustinsights.ai today and let us know how we can help you.